Did you click on Fast Lane Learning? I hope so, because that's where you've landed. I am Kelly Moss, your ACAR Communications Director and today's host, and we are back with another all-new Fast Lane Learning session. Today's Fast Lane Learning is super important and really informative, as always. Just to remind you, our guest and subject matter experts for each of the Fast Lane Learning episodes are ACAR's 2023 Chair of Professional Standards, Cindy Castelli of EXP Realty, and ACAR's 2022 Chair of Professional Standards, Jackie Casera of Howard Hanna Realty. Fast Lane Learning is high speed and exciting, so fasten your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. ACAR's Fast Lane Learning is a weekly production where we will facilitate quick conversations about key topics in the business of real estate. This is an adult show, and some adult language might occasionally creep into the conversation. It's time to buckle your seatbelts and get yourself prepared for some great real estate answers in a great short format. Welcome to Fast Lane Learning. So welcome back, Jackie and Cindy, and welcome to all of our listeners back to another Fast Lane Learning episode. Today, we're going to jump off the high dive and talk about pre-qualifying clients. So we all know that having a pre-qualified buyer, or do we say pre-approved buyer, so let's maybe talk about that, Mm -hmm. is essential these days. But let's talk about how to approach that subject with your potential clients and what, what, as a new agent, what what should you say? Uh, And and you're exactly right. Um, There is a big difference, um, maybe not to a seller, because they may not know the difference in the terminology, but to an agent, a pre-qualified buyer versus a pre-approved buyer um, brings a lot more um, punch to, to the transaction. Sure. Um, a pre-approved buyer is one who has, has had their credit checked, has um, had employment verified. Uh, they're coming in in a stronger position. So that is very, very um, important. It gives the seller peace of mind. It gives an agent peace of mind. Um, and a lot of agents won't even, you know, will advise their clients, don't accept an offer unless you have that pre-approval in hand. Um, last thing you want to do is take a, a home off the market and, and find that out. So, yeah, I mean, that's just something that you you really want to just talk to um, as an agent you learn to explain those things to your clients and talk with them about it that you know the last thing they want to do is find a home that they fall in love with and are stalled out because they don't have a pre-approval in hand because you really can't even submit an offer on a property without a pre-approval so you find that home you love and then you're scrambling to get a pre-approval and by the time you get it Another buyer has mm-hmm. had had an offer accepted and on on to inspection. So right, right. Um, it's it's a waste of everybody's time unless you have that in place, and that's just what you need to share with that's your good clients. Business. It is good business. Yeah, I think I think that it's one of the most important things that a buyer can do in becoming prepared because it's everything but the house. The only thing that you need to add to a pre approval is the appraisal on the house. That's right, and then you'll know if that's the house that you're able to buy. Um, but I think it's really important because the seller needs to know that you can perform and that you are eligible to be the buyer for that house. And then they definitely pay more attention. It's also one of the only objectives 
subjective distinctions that can separate buyers from a, a seller's perspective mm-hmm. because the seller doesn't meet the buyers, the seller doesn't necessarily um, encounter the buyers. And to that point, we want to be a little bit careful with pre-approval because if you're asking for pre-approval, say that it's your listing, if you're asking for pre-approval, make sure you're asking for it for, from everybody. Right. Because it can be a real frontier for discrimination, intentional or otherwise. And uh, you want to be very careful that you're you're requesting the same information from everyone. If you're going to say everybody has to some agents will actually say on this listing, everyone must be pre-approved in very expensive houses. We see that quite a lot Uh, that even to have a showing, we need to understand and see that you have written pre-approval from a qualified lender. And if you're going to do that, that goes for everybody. So uh, just be very careful about that. But yes, absolutely. Oh, it levels the playing field. It makes everybody playing by the same rules, which makes complete sense. So So once your buyers have been pre-approved and we find them a home, it's time to talk about contracts. Are there aspects of the contract process that agents need to be certain that their client understands, like things that are like of the utmost importance? How does that process work if you're a new agent and just learning the process yourself? It's, it really is, it's imperative. I mean, we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients and we need to make sure that they understand exactly what they're signing. Sure. So um, really as a new agent, you should be working with another agent until you fully understand and grasp every aspect of the contract. That makes um, sense. It, it's just uh, the last thing you want is for a client to say, well, you didn't tell me that. I don't I didn't realize that. Right. And that's not fair to them. That's our job to make sure they understand. Absolutely. And you want to use your company's own forms because in Ohio, we don't yet have a universal contract that everybody uses. Um, that may someday come to be. But in the meantime, we each have our own brokerages forms. And you have to understand both the ins, the outs, the nuances of those documents in form only because we don't write the contract. The attorneys craft the contract. We fill in the blanks. And it's very important that we're not practicing law unless we're a lawyer. So, um, it, it use the contracts to sell your own house theoretically and write it out in hard copy and use it to list your house, use it to list a neighbor's house. Practice, 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 because every time you get to that point where you have to count the days between the contract and loan approval and the loan approval and closing, you'll you'll get better skilled at being able to do that in a way that doesn't make it look like you're sitting there and doing it with the, you know, the calendar next to you. So um, so then, you know, really take a look at it um, and and see what's in the MLS. Take a house from the MLS that you would like to sell. See what you would be able to do for writing a contract on that house, even sight unseen, because during COVID, we were actually doing that quite a bit. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah. And so the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll become with this most important tool in the arsenal. And um, also understand that once there's agreement between buyer and seller, what was an offer becomes a legally bonding agreement between those two parties and make sure that they know what has to happen to get changes or to get someone released from one of those agreements uh, from a legal perspective. We're not giving legal advice, but they need to understand that the agreement that they're entering into has legal implications. So 
we know now how to get our client pre-approved or to get our our potential client pre-approved and we have we've studied and we know how to do contracts so the next step is procuring leads and and i'm talking about like outside of your sphere potentially how as a new agent do i beyond working my sphere look for leads there's there's a lot of different sources out there. You can, of course, you know, there's leads you can buy and, and market yourself and do that. But I always have felt like your best source of um, future business is your past business. Right. So, you know, take those those clients that you've worked with and make sure you keep in touch with them. You know, um I always looked at my clients like you're, there's so many clients over the years I've built relationships with sure. and they're friends, you know, so you you stay in touch and you let them know that, you know, do you have anybody else that you know that might be looking? Ask for the business. And if you do a good job, they're going to remember you and they're they're going to you're going to get those random calls where people, you know, say, you know, so and so told me to call you because they were happy with your services. Yeah. And those are so rewarding and those are really the best calls. Awesome. I agree with Cindy completely on this one. I'm not a fan of buying leads mm. because I think that, again, ours is a business of people who know, like, and trust each other. And I think that that, that is the best investment that you can make is cultivating that group of people so that they remember that you're in this business. That's sure. the biggest deficit. The saddest thing you ever hear yeah. is that somebody can't remember who their realtor was. Stay you in know? touch. So stay yeah. in touch and invest your money in that, whatever it takes, because we don't have transactions on a very frequent basis right. with the same person or the same families. But if you're going to invest in uh, purchasing leads in any way, I like the kind of leads that you can pay for when you actually close a deal. I, you know, if you have to do it, buying random leads off the shelf, I don't think is a good investment. And there are people who would definitely disagree with me on that. Um, but that's just, you know, kind of like shooting with buckshot to see what might happen right. as opposed to taking a lead that looks like that person might be a good match for you, um, whether it's from a relocation company or a company that sells that type of lead and then paying a referral fee at the time that that transaction closes. I think that makes much better business sense for the way I like to do business. It, it really does because you can waste a lot of money and a lot buying of and a lot of time buying leads um, and spend a lot of money that never turns into business. Right. So I would much, I agree with you, I'd much rather uh, pay a, a fee at the end of a transaction right. and know that you have that check coming There are in. a whole lot of people who really like looking at houses and they're yes. not going anywhere. <laughs> That's yeah. right. You know, and so if you're buying leads right. to work with them, I would say save that money and reinvest it in something that would be more profitable for you. Yes. Awesome. Well, we've reached our final exit and that is it for today. I want to thank Cindy and Jackie for their input today. And please be sure to join us next week for the next installment of Fast Lane Learning. Until then, please drive safely and keep your learning in the fast lane.